Welcome back to the WMAY Morning News Feed. Jim Leach in for Greg Bishop. Over the weekend, News Channel 20 ran an article uh, saying that a local doctor was raising questions about the COVID-19 vaccine and kids. That doctor is Dr. Brian Miller. He's the head of the Sangamon County Board of Health and a COVID-19 advisor for Sangamon County. I wanted to find out a little bit more about where he stands on this. Dr. Miller joins us live this morning. Dr. Brian Miller, welcome. Thanks so much for taking the time. Great to talk to you. Hey, Jim. Uh, I want to start by by reading uh, how you were quoted in this article on the Channel 20 website. And the article, I'm not sure if they got something wrong in it. It didn't quite uh, make sense to me in this quote. Uh, But what they quote you as saying is, quote, I'm not fully convinced that vaccinating children under the age of 12 haven't seen the risk-benefit ratio. Um, Help me make sense of that. Is that an accurate quote? And and what are you trying to communicate with that? Well, what I'm trying to communicate is the the jury is out still as far as the data pertaining to vaccination of children under the age of 12. We don't know the data. Um, we're not privy to that. And I think before we go jumping the gun to say that anyone or everyone is in favor of vaccinating uh, children under the age of 12 or, or any specific age group, I think it's important to look at the data to make sure that the benefit that we hope to attain is worth the potential risk. The reason I say this is you you, you don't put the cart before the horse. Look at the data first before you start uh, making a decision that's going to affect people's lives. Uh, Currently, the CDC data that's available And I want to stress the fact that the CDC data that's available, there may be some data there that's not available, but the number of uh, children under the age of 18 that have been infected with COVID-19 is uh, over 6 million. And the number of deaths uh, in children under the age of 18 is less than 600. So the, the ultimate bad outcome there, risk, run the numbers, uh, and this is for the last 18 months, for the last year and a half, that's where that data is from. Uh, the risk is 0.01%, extremely low. As far as and, and, death, uh, I, w- I want to make sure we, we're clear on that. That's that's the, the total number of deaths, although we certainly have seen children hospitalized. Uh, and it seems in particular since the Delta variant has arisen, that seems to have hit children harder. I- is there a more of a detailed breakdown <clears throat> of, like, say, the last six months, the last four months when Delta has been the prevalent strain? Well, it- People are are saying that the Delta has hit the children uh, more severely. Actually, I believe the more accurate uh, statement would be that the Delta has infected the non-vaccinated more severely. And the reason it's affected the children is because they are not vaccinated, and the uh, adults that have been vaccinated have not been hit as severely. It's the adults that haven't been vaccinated and that's why I really emphasize that if they, the, the data is out there, that there's protective 
measure obtained in, in getting a vaccine, go get your vaccine because it, it is very protective, uh, especially in adults. It's protective in the age group of 12 to 18. I, I do believe that it is protective in that age group. But I have, we, no one's seen the data on those less than 12. And we tend to see these anecdotal news reports. And anecdotal news reports is not data. It's not statistics. It's just a single story having to do with side effects and bad outcomes from whether it be the infection or bad outcomes from the vaccine. And while it's very emotional in hearing someone, especially a child that, that gets very ill from one reason or another, you need to be very objective in your approach before you entertain the thought of intervening with a, with a medical uh, decision or medical procedure uh, such as a vaccine, uh, you need to make sure that you can justify what you're doing because you, you don't want to cause harm. So the jury is out. And so right now I'm not, and I don't think anyone's really con in the medical community is convinced uh, that they're going to go with the vaccine immediately. We want to see the data first. We're talking with Dr. Brian Miller, Sangamon County Board of Health, about COVID-19 vaccine in kids. Uh, you know, one of the challenges is when we talk about wanting to see the data, and a lot of people say, yeah, I want to see the data too. Most of us are in no position to evaluate this data. That's why we have a CDC and FDA, why we have public health departments all around the country. Uh, and they're going to be looking, obviously, at, at this data being put forward by Pfizer and BioNTech about their um, uh, trials in younger children. What sort of data? do you as a medical professional want to see and what should the general public without that level of expertise what should we be looking at to make an informed decision as to whether this vaccine is a good idea for for children well obviously the initial part is to find out if the vaccine is protective against severe illnesses and ultimate bad outcome in children you need to look at the, the risk-benefit ratio, and then you need to drill down a little bit further to find out what other potential benefits can you attain by vaccinating certain groups of the community. Will that the vaccine help prevent the spread to other parts of the community, or will it not? Um, how will that affect uh, anything and everything else from parents to grandparents to other children within the neighborhood. Uh, you need to look at all this data and try to get as much data into your equation to determine what the benefit is from the vaccine uh, versus the potential risk and even the cost of the, of the performance of, of the intervention. So I want to see that data. Now, if the data suggests that the vaccine is significantly protective, I would not hesitate at all uh, to give my children, but mine are older and they've gotten the vaccine, uh, vaccinations. Or if I had grandchildren, I, I wouldn't hesitate if the data suggested it's protective. The, the issue is, is that we haven't seen the data. And what we have is basically some people who have no medical data to back them up saying that we're going to get the vaccine 
and companies saying that it's safe. Well, let's look at the data. Let's take a measured approach. And let's look at this objectively and then make our decision based on sound facts and sound opinions. Um, uh, obviously, uh, Pfizer has just made this application to get formal FDA approval <laughs> to uh, to give this to children younger than 12 here, and the FDA is in the process of reviewing that. If they come back and say, we've looked at what they've submitted, and we agree, and we think it's safe and effective for kids under 12, w- would <laughs> that be sufficient? Should it be sufficient for the general public, for parents of young children? If the FDA says it's okay, should should <laughs> that be enough? I think if the, if the FDA and the CDC came out with a strong statement stating that it's protective and that it's beneficial, I think that's pretty supportive in um, in having children vaccinated. Um, I, I think it's pretty supportive. Uh, but we have to wait to see if, in fact, they say that. Um, you know, with the whole booster issue, there was the decision that, boosters would be available after a certain date, and so people were anticipating it. And then the CDC and FDA said, well, okay, those over 75 and those over 65, um, they would benefit from a booster. Those with uh, immunosuppressed um, uh, status would benefit. But right now for the general public, I, I don't think they've endorsed that. Um, again, the jury's still out on that, and I, I think there's ongoing debate whether the general public would be would benefit from the booster or not. And, and yet, uh, the, the, the Sangamon County Department of Public Health is offering those boosters to anybody 18 and up. Uh, I mean, they they've already said that they'll make it available to to anybody. Do you disagree with that stance by the health department? No, I think it's an individual choice. Um, if a person if it's a toss-up, uh, whether it's beneficial or potentially not, you can you, you make your choice. But it is available to anyone who feels that they have a need for the booster. Um, so I, I support it 100%. It's available for those who want it. One of the points you made, and I think it's really important here, is you talked about the difference between anecdotes and data. Uh, And as we go on with this, there will invariably be a story here, a story there about an individual uh, that had a bad reaction that may be linked to the vaccine. They they may have developed some issue afterwards. Sometimes it's because it just happened coincidentally after they got the shot, or it might be linked to the shot. Uh, But those are fairly isolated cases compared to the millions and millions of people who've gotten the shot with no bad outcomes whatsoever. Uh, how problematic is that? Because people can you know, tend to see that story and go, oh, well, that happened to that person. I don't want to vaccinate my child because it might happen to my child, too, uh, versus, again, the overwhelming number of people who don't have a bad outcome from it. Uh, how, how big a concern is that from a public health standpoint? Well, I think it's one of the major issues with the public health standpoint when bad outcomes one way or another uh, is, um, how would I say, sensationalized or um, or just uh, big stories made about it. it. It influences people from an emotional standpoint. And our 
direction has to take it has to take an objective measure and try to take the emotion out of it and look at look at the numbers uh, before we make a final, before we make our decision. Um, but hy- you know hyperbole uh, and uh, making big stories out of anecdotal events becomes very problematic because people can focus on that story rather than waiting for the data. You know, it's a problem. We have been vaccinating children against uh, all number of different ailments for decades, uh, and it's never been really politicized except out on the fringes. And people haven't really felt the need to go do their own research before saying, yeah, I want my child to have the polio vaccine or the measles vaccine or whatever it might be. Uh, how I mean, have we turned a corner where we have now actually politicized the the whole nature of mass immunizations, and what are the implications for public health if that's the case? Well, I think there's a couple of different points on this. One is the fact that it's been a while since we've had a a pandemic. It's been a long while since we've had a pandemic, and people aren't used to that, and many people don't want to admit that it's possible. And I believe part of the psychological defense mechanism is to deny because you don't want to accept the fact that it's here and that it's real and it can affect you. And um, I I think that's one part. The other part had to do with the whole way that this was handled from the get-go two years ago. I mean, it's it's been a problem. Um, Prior vaccines where we vaccinate for chicken pox, for measles, for diphtheria, all that, uh, that's uh, what we call, I guess we would call that a mature science. Whether that, whether that means that we kind of know most everything that we think we need to know about those diseases. Now, certainly there's more research always ongoing, but it's fairly accepted uh, by the extreme vast majority that vaccinating against those type of diseases is extremely beneficial. And um, so it's the maturity of the science for the old vaccines, and it's the, the newness of this new vaccine and this new virus. And at the same time, it's a different type of the vaccine, and, and people think it's, you know, it's only been developed over the last two, three years, and that, it, that it's untested and untried science when they don't really seem to realize that the method of making this vaccine has been around for 20 years now. And it was developed uh, when the SARS, uh, uh, I'm sorry, when the SARS and the MERS uh, uh, viruses uh, occurred uh, in other parts of the other world. And so they were able to develop this type of a vaccine and that technique with the mRNA vaccine uh, over the last 20 years, yes, it's new compared to the old way that they made vaccines, 
but it's really not new. It's, yeah. it's been around for 20 years. Really important point. Dr. Brian Miller, before we let you go, uh, we've been hearing some things from uh, the experts at the national level, uh, raising possibly some concerns about family gatherings at the holidays when we're all indoors, the weather's colder, but also saying, hey, trick-or-treating should be fine. For the most part, it's outdoors. That's all good. Uh, from, from your perspective, what should parents be thinking? What should families be thinking about the upcoming holidays? Any reason to restrict mm-hmm. trick-or-treating activities and any reason to restrict family gatherings in November and December? Well, I would just tell people to be reasonable. Um, don't do things that are silly. Um, if you're ill, don't go to the family gathering. If you're ill, don't go trick-or-treating. If you're ill, don't open the door to trick-or-treaters. Um, I don't see a reason right now to res- to restrict uh I don't see a reason to reach to have major restrictions. Uh, but I do think people need to be reasonable in their approach. Um, again, this this is a a new virus. Uh, we're learning more and more every day and every month about it. Uh, it's now been around for a couple of years. Um, we know a lot, but there's a lot that we don't know. Um, this Delta variant really you know, set us on our heels. And I tell people that we're very, very lucky, if you want to call it that, that we were able to uh, slow things down, shut things down, quarantine people um, early on. And it bought us time. It bought us eight months or nine months to allow time for the science, for the businesses, for the, uh, for the science to develop this vaccine because we're able to get enough vaccine in the arms of people here in the U.S. um, so that we could protect a large number of the highly uh, sensitive people, the elderly, the people that have pre-existing illnesses, uh, to protect them from the Delta virus. We had a significant number of people get very sick and a significant number of people that died from the original variant but I'll tell you, with this Delta variant, if that Delta variant was the first virus, it would have been a catastrophe. But we were able to protect enough of the highly vulnerable people who would have had a much worse outcome um, with, the, with the vaccine so that when the Delta variant came around, they were, for the most part, protected. And the people that had not yet got the vaccine were tended to be younger and could handle it much better uh, than the elderly. And so uh, even though we have seen a significant number of people that did die, if the Delta would have been here a year a year ago, you would have seen the numbers astronomically higher.